have a few things just trying to boot up in the background here. Oh, no worries. Two seconds, man. Like I say, this thing is old. I don't want this cord, and I do not want... Welcome to the Evil G Podcast. My name is Colin. His name is Stu. We were up to five in the morning watching wrestling. Yeah, I was about to That's ask. How many, how many hours of sleep did you actually get last night? Um, yeah, I slept into the afternoon, like so. It was a lot. Oh, you got to sleep into the afternoon. I was awoken because I had chores to do. <laughs> ah. <laughs> See, that's where you fucked up. That's where I fucked up. <laughs> nah, I'm only kidding. It wasn't too bad, but I did have stuff to do, so I did have to somewhat get up early. I had a good six hour sleep. That's all a human being needs to be fair. That's yeah. all you need. <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty weird this morning leaving your your uh, your flat and the broad daylight staring me in the face. It was like shit. I have spent literally all night watching wrestling. <laughs> that is a good night. Yeah, of course, last night was um, AW's Double or Nothing pay-per-view, uh, which was excellent, uh, but we'll talk about that more later. Um, first, let's talk about some game stuff. Uh, let's see what we do first here. Uh, just a, this first, because there's not, don't really know much about it, and um, other than it existing, um a new Dragon Quest game, Dragon Quest Twelve, mm. has been announced, and it's going all dark and edgy for some reason. Um, that no... is the trend. <laughs> I thought we were done with that shit. I like, thought we were done with that shit, but I guess it's not. Like Dragon Quest has always been very yeah bright, Happy. colorful, cartoony. Yeah, very... yeah very cartoony. That is the perfect word. Um, but yeah, all you've got is a video with the logo. Uh, spelled out in fire and a very serious man saying something in Japanese. Uh, so, <laughs> there's that. And they're also ma- uh, remaking Dragon Quest 3 uh, in the style of uh, Octopath Traveler, um, which might interest you, Stu, in that that's, that's hand-drawn art. Very, very nice hand-drawn Ooh. art. Um, I don't know if the Dragon Quest games would be up your street, but I'm a sucker for hand-drawn games. So. I mean, Find it's a turn. Indivisible. It's, it's a turn-based RPG. Um, yeah, old-school style, and I can love that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I played played eleven. I, I never seem to finish Dragon Quest games, so but eleven's uh, pretty good. Um, yeah, it's key. It's it's very old school. You're picking, you know, you're picking moves from a hmm. menu. Um, I see those games aren't dead. I know a lot of people say, oh, there's no place for those games anymore. But no, if you can make them right, they can still be very good. Yeah, there definitely is. Um, yeah, so so not really much else known about that. But um, that's happening. It's good mm. that there's more Dragon Quest going. Um, not just Final Fantasy. I think there'll be... 
it'd be such a shame if Dragon Quest just went away and Final Fantasy kept going. That's the the two the two big Japanese RPGs. Yep. Um, in other announced things, but we don't really know anything about them. So it seems like um, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is getting a sequel. Yep, read about this. Excited, even though it's still getting content. Like they haven't finished supporting the first Bloodstained because there was recently a new mode and everything released for that, where you could play in a very old school Castlevania style way. So instead of the you know Symphony of the Night Metroidvania, it was just level, level, level. Like no power ups and things. It was it's a very cool thing, and it was completely free. So so it's good that they're actually doing a sequel now as well. So. Yeah. the first game running up to a sequel so you're never really running out of bloodstain i saw as the um the publisher 505 games um showing a presentation of their financial results uh uh saying that you know bloodstain had sold more than one million copies um keeping in mind you know bloodstain is a small indie game so that's that's very good uh, and confirms that a, a second version is currently in development. Weird way to say it, but I think what most people are saying that that probably means it's a, a sequel because that's how they speak. Just mm. <laughs> like they've said, there's other games that have said that use that sort of phrase, and, and it is a, a sequel. Mm. Um, yeah, nothing known about it, but chances are just more more of the same sort of. Which is a good thing. I, I, I love that game. I, I really mm. like. I love me Metroidvanias anyway. Um, and that that's a very, very well made one. It is. Very good at ramping up your your power to the point where you're just fucking zooming across the screen <laughs> like a maniac. Uh, yeah. So, so looking forward to that. And then one more. Uh, on announcements of new, well, say new stuff, but they finally had that um, that Sonic thing for the 30th anniversary live stream. Well, the first of a couple, apparently. Mm. And so there's a, a couple of announcements here. Mm. Um, one being the release of Sonic Colors Ultimate, which is a remaster of Sonic Colors. We came back Came back, came out in the Switch back in 2010, which is probably a game you never got to play. Nope, I never did, but I hear it is absolutely amazing. Mm. So that, that um, I assume you'll be picking this up then. Oh hell yeah! So always after uh, more Sonic. Um, I've never played it either, um, but like I'm, I'm not against. Sonic. I've nearly played any Sonic since, you know, it was 2D. Obviously, played Sonic Mania. That's great, but um, mm. never really played much in the way of 3D. Is Sonic Colors 2D or 3D? Do you know? I think it is a right. So you, you know the way people always say there's one half of Sonic Unleashed that's really good. Y- yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think they took the good half of Sonic Unleashed and made a full game out of it. So it's kind of 2D, kind of 3D. Right, right. Apparently it plays really, really well. It's like the best playing 3D Sonic game. Which is obviously why they went to remastering it, because everyone's always saying it is the best 3D Sonic game. So, And it was only on, like I said, it was only on, I think it was the Wii or the Wii U, it was one of those two. Um, so 
a lot of non-Nintendo people never got to play it, so obviously it's highly regarded. Only on the Wii, let's release it on everything as a 30th anniversary thing. Yeah. Now, interesting. It's it's been made or remastered by the same guys that did the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. <laughs> it's a hell of a jump. Um, <laughs> it'll have 4K visuals. Uh, gameplay upgrades for fine controls, whatever that means, and a uh, new mode they're sticking in there, Rival Rush, uh, where you, All right. you're Sonic and you race against Metal Sonic. Um, I'm assuming that's going to be two-player as well. I would assume so. Uh, other than that, they also uh, announced Sonic Origins, which... Mm. It's not a prequel to Sonic 1, it is Sonic 1, 2, 3, Sonic and Knuckles, and Sonic CD being released, with added content and features. I'll pick that up too. That's not coming out the next year. Yeah. Why? Oh. I, I, that was my question when they said it. I was like, why will it take you to next year to put a collection of 2D Sonic games together? How much new content are you planning to add in here? Yeah. I mean, you can literally like, go on to Steam and play all of these now. If they turn around and they go, we're actually going to add brand new levels and shit, I'd be like, okay, fair dues. Mm. Use uh, Sonic 2, 3 levels, you see. So they may turn around and go, right, we're going to put these levels that never made it into the original, into this Origins version. That'd be pretty cool. If they were doing something like that, that'd be cool. Um, what about learn? from seeing re-releases of games such from this era, that, like, just don't fuck with the graphics. Oh, no, no, and 100%. That, that never goes down well. Nope, 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 nope. Um, yeah, so, you've got that. Uh, they, <laughs> there's a couple of other sort of silly things. Yeah. Sonic-themed stuff for Two Point Hospital, which is the, the spiritual su- successor to Theme Hospital. Mm. It's the same guy. Um, they're putting Sonic the Fighters into um, the their upcoming game Lost Judgment, which is a sequel to Judgment, which is called Judge Eyes in Japan, and is a spin-off of the arcade. Arcade? Yakuza uh, series. What? Judge. <laughs> Should have just laughed at this. Judge Eyes. Um, I don't know why you'd want to play Sonic the Fighters, because terrible, terrible game, but there you it go. Is, it's so terrible, it's actually kind of good. <laughs> That's the thing, it's so terrible, it's actually kind of fun. It's like, I've always wanted to like have a whole bunch of like hardcore fighting game enthusiasts in a room and get them all hyped that there's a big tournament coming, and then put on Sonic the Fighters and just see the reaction. I think it would be hilarious. Ah, uh, you'd have walkouts. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Get out, don't come back. Yep, get out. You can't handle the extremeness of this game. Blast processing. <laughs> Take your fucking stick with you. <laughs> um, uh, and I think they announced a few things for like, there was a few animated series and things like that. Um, and then the last thing they teased. To be worried. Yeah. Yeah. It got you worried? Yeah, of course it does. It's a three. It looks like it's going to be a 3D Sonic game, right? And I'm sorry, Sega at the moment don't have the best track record. 
Isn't it? Wasn't it literally just him running through a forest, though? A very photorealistic forest. This uh, is what concerned me. We're gonna get to get into it's that like, weird hedgehog human uh, yeah. romance bullshit again. Like just, just, just give me Sonic Mania two. Just give me Sonic Mania two. That's all I want. I, I don't need a big epic story with Sonic and friends anymore. You know, just. Sonic Mania was one of the best recent... Well, it is the best recent Sonic game. It's, it's, it literally made everyone go, This game's great! Yay! Sonic's back! And now Sega's all, No, we're gonna fuck it up again! Uh, they're, they're, they're never gonna stop trying to do that. To do the, like you, the, the big you'd think, I'm sorry to go into this, but very quickly, you'd think that, you know, when obviously Sonic Mania came out, Sonic Forces was... They were very close together, right? Yeah. Sonic Forces did not review well. No. It did not sell well. No. Because it was bad loved. Game. Yeah, it is. It is. The, the worst thing is, it does that thing again where there's like, this time it's not a half, there's a third of the game that's good. We're splitting it up again too much. It's like, stop. If you're going to, like, why have these class levels in your game and then just pack it out with all this bullshit? Just stop doing that. Just... They obviously, I think they nailed it with the Sonic Colors, which is I'm very excited to actually sit down and play, right? And see if they have nailed it with Sonic Colors. Just do a Sonic Colors too, then. If you're so obsessed with doing a 3D game, just do that again. Just, yeah. just stop fucking adding silly gameplay mechanics that nobody wants in a Sonic game. There's uh, a guy on, on YouTube called uh, Thor Hayheads. Mm-hmm. He did a recent uh, review of... It was actually a review of Resident Evil Village. But at the start, he's talking about uh, Sonic Unleashed and yes. why their their problem in with the Sonic games is they're too afraid to just let a game be a shorter experience and always think mm-hmm. they have to put in all this extra shit and that's where it all goes to shit. Um, and then it, that's where he leads him to look at the Resident Evil games. Like in no way are they big long games. You'll finish that in about like Village. You'll finish in about twelve hours. That was why yeah, I did yeah. that and take my time. But what they do then is like they give it so much replayability. Yeah. Well, you'll go back to it again and again. And he said that he takes, for example, the like Sonic Unleashed. If they'd taken all the werewolf bullshit out of it or Werehog or whatever, just had that core like running part that's really fun mm-hmm. and just yep. put in reasons to redo it or like a time attack mode, shit like that. And you would have had yourself a perfectly good like. You know, eight-hour experience. Yeah, that, that, that's, see, that's, that's what I don't understand. They did that in Sonic Generations, right? Sonic Generations was a really good three D Sonic game. So it was sort of half new Sonic, half classic Sonic. Mm. But there was there was no silly gameplay mechanics, and it. it was just here's old school levels and done in nice graphics and all the rest of it. But when you beat it, it turned and go, all right, now you can do time attack mode, or you can do like a how many rings can you collect before you reach the end of the level. You know, just with silly things like that, but there'd be a wee scoreboard for your your on your friends list and things like that. And you're like, this it's a silly wee thing, but you know, if you want to try it, you can. Yeah. Yeah. But like, um there's literally a video the of Sonic Rabbit Hole here. So so <laughs> like maybe maybe they'll get it right this time. You'll get your hopes up again and I'm not I'm see this thing, I'm not even getting my hopes up anymore. I'm done with that shit. I'll be excited for Sonic Origins and Sonic Colors Remastered. So That's what I'll be excited for. Is there is there more stuff to come? Is there still time to announce a Mania? Well, they've said this is this is the first of different 
live streams. They have said they've more and much more exciting things they they to talk about. So they will obviously talk about this new 3D game at some stage. But it would be amazing if they turn around and says, "Well, here's a fucking sequel." I think everyone would lose their shit there. The um, with E3 coming up as well, or the are they is there going to be anything with that? Um, mm. Holding it, uh, that whole thing just seems so stupid. It's like you've just done this live stream. Uh, I hold back for another live stream. That's see <laughs> three as well. <laughs> I was just casually listening to this being talked about the news that they were taking, you know, public registrations for going to E three, and I thought nothing of it. Uh, and then suddenly dawned on me, like, wait, what? Hold on, this is a digital event. Who right? Click oh, on a yeah. fucking Twitch link and you'll be watching it. What are you yeah. registering? What are you, you don't have to buy tickets. Uh, it's so fucking stupid. Yeah, I wouldn't trust those fuckers that run E3 as well because they, you know, sell people's information and all. Mm. And uh, they they had the big list of um, like a bunch of journalists like contact details and uh, it leaked out. I'm still surprised it. that E3 was still running after that. Yeah, not to say it leaked; it wasn't even fucking contained anywhere. It was just on a web page anyone could access. <laughs> Madness. <laughs> um, right. We we have a because we just sort of finished a, a financial year there. Um, we have this uh, PlayStation investor relations document. Um come out where it's a load of fucking oh look how good we are <laughs> sort of playstation but there, there's actually some some interesting stuff in it too uh, besides just that um, like we had uh, they were talking about their, their demographics um, and how they've changed over the years um one of the, the, the most interesting ones was the uh, female uh, console ownership. Um, so amount of women um, buying games consoles. Uh, for PS1, uh, it was 18% of the owners were women. Um, uh, for PS4 and PS5, that's way up to 41%. Wow. So, yeah. That's very cool. So, yeah, that, that whole... Games are for boys. My mum was one of those eighteen percent on the PS One era, you know. <laughs> Fucking trailblazer. A trailblazer, Mama Gibson. <laughs> yeah. I will. Like, hopefully, the, if you get more, you know, like when I say and things, I guess, um, like, cause I know it's it's still a fucking toxic ass community to get involved in especially if you are a woman um well certain communities if certain games as you were saying in the past have, like the the final fantasy 14 community seems to be very very friendly with each other you know there's yeah, no yeah, yeah yeah i've never really heard of much toxicity there but, but, but uh, the, they're, they're, then you think about like the fighting and shooting it is it's sort of like obviously not as male dominated as we think it is mm. um but the there's still certain people out there that's think it's it's Aye. a it's a male thing where they're completely wrong like but um yep i it's good to just surface that that sort of sort of stuff um 
what else do we have? So the, they were comparing their their launch lineups and saying like uh, PlayStation Five is their best launch lineup ever. Well, I'll let you decide. So launch lineup for PlayStation Five: uh, Spider Man, Miles Morales, Demon Souls, uh, and Sackboy yeah. uh, are their main titles, and they, they put Metacritic scores beside them. Mm-hmm. Just to prove the point. Um, so PlayStation Four, you had Killzone, Shadowfall, mm-hmm. Knack, and Resogun. You enjoyed Knack? No, sorry, enjoyed um, Killzone. What's wondering there? It's like, did you even own Knack? <laughs> no, it was it was Killzone. I enjoyed not Knack. I, I don't think I ever played Knack. Yeah, but I, I think the I haven't Demon Souls just just wins it. See, for me, I think one of the best launch lineups was PS2. Well, why is the only thing I can remember like Tekken Tag Tournament? Well, the other big launch, uh, yeah, Tekken Tag Tournament, yes. And you had Time Splitters. Uh. Mmm. <laughs> you, you, you definitely had Splitters was a launch game. So, do you not remember? Do, do you ever play? Did, have you ever played the original Time Splitters? Sorry oh, to go down I, this rabbit I, hole very quickly. I, I, do you remember how basic it was? Well, yeah, it was. It was very much a spiritual successor to Golden. Yeah, but do you remember even the menu was just so sparse? Because basically, Sony were like, "Get this fucking thing ready for the launch <laughs> of the PlayStation," and they were like, "Oh shit, okay." And they're like, "But we don't have any menus or anything." They're like, "Fucking text that will do. Who gives a fuck? Just get the fucking thing out." So it was like, I think they made Time Splitters one in like. Yeah, but amazing game, and for me, obviously, Tech and Tag and Time Splitters. That's a launch lineup. It's hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. No, that was definitely, but uh, that's me. I will, I will say, but Demon Souls. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. That's a that's that's a. At the moment, if you if you look at the, the 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 Xbox and the PlayStation. Uh, I think Demon's Souls is still the game that's sort of like looking down on everyone, going nobody's matched me yet. Oh yeah, yeah. For the like PS5 only, mm-hmm. like thing, I uh, definitely agree there. I think what, one of the things that the PlayStation Five had over over the PlayStation Four, at least, or, yeah, most of the other um, consoles, not the original PlayStation Three, because it. It did this better than any other console. Is their their backwards compatibility with the PlayStation Four stuff, and mm. the fact that it will play things that maybe didn't run particularly well on your yes. PlayStation Four, your base PlayStation Four, and like because because I've been playing, uh, finally playing Ghost of Tsushima, um, after intentionally waiting to get the PlayStation Five to play it, and it's a gorgeous ass game, um, and. You know, it's um, you're getting to play that 60 frames a second, really good, uh, really good performance, and I think it's playing at 4K as well um, mm. because it would be the the pro version. I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. That, that'll be playing. Um, well, so- I know certain games such as Ghost of Tsushima, uh, God of War, I think Death Stranding, they got their own exclusive PS5 update. 
So the game, uh. so the game knows it's being run on a PlayStation Five. So like, if you put God of War into a PS4 Pro, you can choose between the high textures or the 60 frames a second. Right. So it's but if not, you put it into, a, uh, I was going to say it's not a PS5 version per se. It, it's oh, no, just no. It, it's a, an update to it, so it'll take advantage of both. It, it yes. won't give you that option for look nice or run well. It'll just say it you, right, you can do both. That's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I say is the the PlayStation Three did the best backwards compatibility because it was hardware backwards compatibility and it just worked uh-huh. for everything PlayStation Two and One. So that like, was pretty cool. Yeah, the like you going in day one of a PlayStation Three, you had a you know massive library of games available to you mm. uh, from the previous generations. Um. So another thing here on this as well, they're they're boasting about their best ever post-launch lineup, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just talking about because uh, I think you're getting about some of these are getting ahead of themselves to say this is a, a a launch window even because first party stuff they've got new God of War game which doesn't have a date. Yep. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West is that out this year? It doesn't have a date. Doesn't have a they date. Have, they have they, said twenty twenty one, but they they did show up by gameplay video, so uh, you you know you, you would imagine that it's coming sometime soon. Uh, Gran Turismo Seven. <laughs> Fuck that, knows. That knows when that's not that's not a launch date. Man. That'll be <laughs> two three years time. Yeah, and just, they're just saying post-launch lineup. Uh, and I It'll think be a launch date for someone who can finally go into a shop and get a PlayStation Five. Maybe that's how it works. Maybe you'll just be able to buy them by that time. Uh, Returnal, which is obviously out, um, they got their their baseball thing, uh, Ratchet and Clank, which is out soon. Um, Tomorrow, I think. Is it? Yeah, first of June. Uh, yeah, and then I from Ratchet and Clank's tomorrow. Sorry, from third party, the their citing a few here, so we got Resident Evil Village. They don't give it its meta score for some reason, uh, even though they got it next to Returnal on the show. Hmm. Um, Deathloop, uh, Far Cry 6, Ghostwire Tokyo, Final Fantasy 16, and what the fuck is Forspoken? I can't even remember what that is. I can't remember what that is either. Uh, really can't. Uh, what else? There, there was one more pretty interesting thing here. Um, so they more or less confirmed that Uncharted Four will be coming to PC. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, so this was just on a a slide about PlayStation Studios and their growth, and they're like off console growth. We we released Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, and then it just says more PC releases planned. Days gone, which we knew about it, and then the the Uncharted logo is below that. Um, so yeah, there, there's there's that Uncharted Four. Um, at, are are we always going to have to wait like years after the, these games come out to to see them get PC releases though? That I would be... assume so because you're obviously wanting people to buy your console to play your exclusive game so it'll be like if you want to play it now get it on playstation but if you want to wait a year or two you'll eventually get it on pc maybe well 
you know, there's there's one one game. No one gives a shit about it, all of these other games. There's only one PlayStation exclusive that anyone gives a shit about coming to the PC. And that's Bloodborne. Yeah. Stick your own charter up your hole. If that ever happened, well, see, that was the thing. If that ever happened, you would obviously have Bloodborne running at sixty frames and lovely graphics. And I'll be like, right, where's our PS Five update then? If the PC crowd's getting it, where's our PS Five update? Uh, I think this might be a bit different though from the games they have been releasing because uh, all these games were developed in house by PlayStation mm-hmm. Studios, whereas Bloodborne was developed by From Software, mm-hmm. who are a third party studio. Um, and it's probably trickier. Oh, it's much tr- trickier trying to get them back in mm. while they're over there not making Elden Ring and <laughs> laughing at everyone, <laughs> laughing, just laughing at all those Souls fans. So look at these dickheads! They're so excited for the game; they don't even know anything about it. Never gonna tell them anything. Oh dear. I hear people get bent out of shape with that stuff too much. It's like, oh, we're in the stone, nothing, there's way to say anything. It's like, fucking chill out. It'll be done when it's done. Ah, Jesus. Are you in that much of a rush? Ah, fuck. Oi, so that's about it for the games. Well, very quickly, uh, I would like to just very. Uh, there was obviously the Dead by Daylight live stream today, and oh, I yeah. would like to just say, or not today, sorry, this week, and I would just like to say, ha 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 ha, to all you horny people who aren't getting your big lady. Ha ha ha, fuck you. We're getting Nemesis, a proper villain. <laughs> Man, there's p- probably more people horny for Nemesis than. Oh, that would be creepy. Oh, God. Why would you be horny for Nemesis? No, why'd you even say that? Definitely, it's definitely, definitely. It's the tentacles, isn't it? <laughs> God damn it! You just spoil everything, Call. God damn it! Somebody did a great, somebody did a great mock-up on their uh, the Dead by Daylight Twitter page. It was obviously Lady Dimitrescu's uh, outfit, but then it was just Nemesis' head under the hat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it was all meet you halfway sure <laughs> Nemesis very... dressed up as you <laughs> that would actually be pretty funny um, but yeah and then obviously the two survivors were uh, Leon and Jill and the map will be the RPD and the map it looks very very cool because if you've basically played the Resi 2 or 3 remake you will know your way around this map mm. because it is like for like I think that just goes to show that um, yeah, there's a lot of people complaining about her. Oh, it was just marketing, and mm-hmm. um, oh, they they just used her in marketing to to get attention. Then she's not even in that game that much. Um, mm-hmm. If that were the case, I think that was she would have been. She seemed like the obvious character to pick. Was obviously like she blew up more than they expected. Definitely. Oh, they leaned into it, like. Um, the reason they only showed her is because that's like the first quarter section of the game, and mm-hmm. they have always done this with Resident Evil, where they yep. only will show you the start of the game, so not to spoil the rest for you, you dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> sure, do you remember the marketing for Resident Evil 4? It was always the big chief of the village they were showing you in the ads and all. Yeah, yeah. And he's the first boss. Yeah. Um, like, I, it's easy to look back and see. It's like, yeah, you always... It's like, the, even back... Back, back, way back, the first Resident Evil, it's like, you, you were surprised that there was a lab section, because you were always only ever seeing the house. Mm-hmm. Hell, you were surprised there was other monsters other than zombies when you first saw a hunter. You were like, what the fuck's this thing? Uh, they, they were never... I, I, I don't think there was any intentional, oh, well, just show them, make it seem like it's her. Like, everyone always thinks it's a fucking conspiracy. <laughs> everything. It's uh. like, why would they do that? They have to think about... the like. Why would they try and get one over on you when they have to like sell you more games after this one? Yeah, exactly. And that's a really dumb one. That like I know that like a lot of games like go get angry at EA about fucking stealing money from you every year instead of <laughs> and leave shit like this alone <laughs> because what your the... fucking horny vampire lady wasn't in the game as much as you wanted it to be. The same thing though. You could say the same thing when they were showing off Resi Seven. All you ever seen was Jack Baker. Mm. Aye, aye. You never saw the crazy son or the fucking crazy old ma or anything yeah, like that. You have to leave something for a surprise in the room. Hell, you didn't just... even see any of the actual enemies in the trailers. You had no idea, other than that family, what was in that game. Yeah. Right? Here's a tip for people that, that react. Like, at the things like, see, don't buy a game day one. Don't pre order it. Go on the Twitch, watch someone play the entire thing, then decide if you want to play it. <laughs> Then there's no risk. You're yeah, then you, get a free, then you get a free wank. You don't have to pay for the game. <laughs> Fuck's sake, if that's how badges are. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Right. You realise if I'm playing Dead by Day now, now, right? And I'm playing as Nemesis, and I'm chasing someone, and they stop running, I will know why they put their controller down, and I will quit the game. I hope you're happy, Colin. Very. Just run away. No, if I'm playing Nemesis and I'm chasing yeah. someone and they yeah. stop running, As, yeah, I'll run turn, away from them so they can't turn, before they got turn, you. Turn Nemesis around, and you run away. <laughs> got you. Okay, I'm just gonna ruin people's days. Eh? <laughs> anyway, we'll move right on then. from that. <laughs> so double or nothing. Yeah, we've been very classy today. <laughs> this, this is uh, double or nothing. It was a yep. really good show. It was. It was. That's From the opener to the close. Yeah, uh, so obviously this is the first time we've had a full capacity crowd at uh, Daly's Place. That's five or six thousand people. Mm-hmm. And they made themselves the heard. Oh, yeah. Um, I was. It, it was good to see wrestling in front of people again. Mm. I did watch wrestlemania it's good to see wrestling that i like in front of people again. <laughs> yep yep um so i i guess we'll run through the card uh <laughs> that this this flew in for me as well um I... it, it was a four-hour show long ass show didn't feel like it uh, nope. there wasn't any point where you're feeling tired or fatigued nope. for, for there wasn't any point where you're looking at your phone going jesus come on up no this uh... was just like holy shit it's over um, so we'll, we'll start, we'll start with the buyer match, which is the free match, uh, ahead of the show. Um, God, Jesus, they did not leave anything out just because it was the free match. This is what, the, a good example of what your pre-show should be. Put on an excellent match that's going to make people want to buy your pay-per-view. Don't just put on some throwaway thing because you, 
you have to. Um, so we had Serena Deeb, the NWA Women's World Championship, uh, defending uh, against Riho, um, who's the first ever AEW Women's Champion. Mm. Um, and got a really good match, really different match for, for Riho, because um, it was sort of old school in Serena Deeb working on uh, you know, Riho's knee. She uh, does a dragon screw early on and um, sort of tweaks her knee and, and that's the story that's told throughout the match because Rio's offense is very fast and leg-based. Mm. Um, so you've got Deeb sort of taking that away from her. and um, In a very heelish way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was pulling full, full heel, um, trying to get the crowd to booer which they do mm-hmm. um and yeah re- really really good match telling a, a, a good story um and which comes to the conclusion whereas eventually the b3 with her submission finisher strandly lock um which is sort of knee based uh, oh it is and, I. it is and, and reho taps um i just Great opening. Ah, it's there was no slow sections during that match, and the the moment I always remember is uh, it looked like Dave was going for the you know the surfboard submission, but instead of you know reaching for Rio, she starts just jumping up and down on her knees, and then just hooks her by the mouth and starts pulling her neck backwards, and you're like, fuck, she's just full heel here, just and obviously Rio's very flexible, so she's selling the absolute daylights out of this. Yeah, I uh, some of the some of the stuff Rio can can do can make those. Submission moves look even, aye. even better. Um, aye, great match. Um, great so, onto the show itself. Then, so first match out, we have Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Cage, the Machine. So Brian Cage coming out dressed like a a, a robot because mm. he's the Machine. Maybe. He does enjoy a better cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, coming out alone, mm-hmm. my dad. So he's obviously a member of Team Taz. Yeah, Taz is on commentary, but no members around. Yeah, we didn't have Hook or well, Brian Hobbs had another match. No Ricky Starks. <clears throat> uh, so uh, th- this was a fucking hard hitting match. Uh-huh. Really high pace, just throwing big move after big move at each other, um, which I loved. I thought it was fantastic. It was like you would not consider Page uh, like Hoss fight material because he's not the biggest of chaps, but this was just yeah. two big trucks just colliding over and over and over again. Uh-huh. And like you say, it was just big move, big move, big move, big move. Uh, it was just uh, big stiff shots, big suplexes. Just all over the place. Um, Cage looking like an absolute well, machine, ah. as he does. Um, yeah, well, we had some uh, finisher swapping. That's <laughs> right. That's to do right. A box shot um, and Hangman doing a, an F five. F five is not his finisher, though, is it? No, it's not. But it's one of his signature moves. Yeah, I guess he... Paige wasn't going to try drill call on him. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, I, it's it's just two guys 
like just going fucking ham on each other. Um, and it was really good. Uh, and then at the end, we have Hook and Ricky Starks coming out. They spoil the fucking day. Um, I mean, in a good way, though. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so Hook distracts the referee. Ricky Starks throws the FTW title in for Cage to use as a weapon, and Cage throws it back at him. Mm. Which is pretty good, because we've been hinting at this. There's been dissension in, in the ranks of Team Taz. Um, and they've been hinting at uh, a, a Cage face turn, and he got a really good pop when he threw the title back. Yep. And so, yeah, yeah people, want the, people want the cheer for Cage. Um... And then there's some other shenanigans. Team Taz pretty much cost Cage the match. They do. Yep. Uh, Adam Page wins with the Buckshot Lariat. Yep. And then there's a, a few spoken words at the end of the match, and Ricky Starks has to keep pointing at his neck. <laughs> yeah. He's had a, a broken neck. Like a legitimate broken neck. Legit, uh, so Can't be taken any. I thought he was going to go for Hook for a second then. So just, uh, sort of gives him a wee push and walks out. Well, the interesting to see where that goes. Um, uh, of course, Taz wasn't happy. Taz was going absolutely mental at all uh, this as well. So it'll be very hey, good. Who's he going to have matches with? Is like, is it Hook? It'll have to be Hobbs. I guess it will. That'll be that'll be some fucking. <laughs> you like your horse matches? There, there you go, right there. Um. I that keeps Page in the uh, mm. that title picture, which I don't think he's he's still not going to be the guy yet. I not think yet. he will he will be the guy at one point to take it off Kenny, but mm. uh, not yet. Still more to be done there. Uh so moving on, we have the AEW Tag Team Championship match. We got the Shoe Thieves versus the Young Bucks. <laughs> the Shoe Thieves. So for oh Jesus, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston come out going fucking nuts, and the crowd going nuts. They're going nuts. Chairs are being thrown, kicking yep. the wall for no reason. Yep. <laughs> Just everyone's very excited at the start of this. Um, John Moxley's T-shirt was amazing as well. If you remember, it was the Bucks face, and it just said Marks oh, below it. <laughs> so the uh, the 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 promo before the match. Nick Jackson calling them Marks. Nick Jackson's sporting a bit of a beard here. Not a bit of a beard, full on beard. Uh, full on beard. Which is like at a glass thing. Must be thing, a like, thing. Maybe. Now you're like, which one's which one's Nick? Which one's Matt? Mm. Um. So, yeah, there a a lot of a lot of nonsense in this match. <laughs> But it was really good. That's fantastic. Um, so, like, Warren, if you're a stickler for tag rules, then, yeah, this one's going to... Really annoy you. ...rub you up the wrong way. Um, well, it's really good. Like, John, John and Eddie get in there early and just knock the shit out of them before the, the bell even rings. Mm. Um, now, eventually... Nick and Matt get control and do their Healy shit. Uh, uh, Matt Jackson's stuff he does with the, the tagging and getting himself, tagging himself in and all. <laughs> it's like his fake hot tag. 
<laughs> I never thought I would enjoy Bad Guy Young Buck so much. I don't want them to be goodies ever again. Uh, he's doing Hulk Hogan shit and <laughs> savage right. stuff, just mocking, trying. The, the crowd was responding to it really well as well. Boo the fuck out of them. Aye. Um, aye. Uh, and then Pearl John Boxy got split. I think he got legit split. Aye, because I don't think there was really... No, there was no time for him to do anything. He got hit with the can on the head, and when he sat up, he was bleeding. It was like, fuck, he's legit split. Hmm. Um. Jeez, I'm trying to remember. Just watched this last night. Hmm. Um. Yeah, so the... uh, It was a match... A match that surprised me because of the how it ended now anyone would think like oh, John Moxley he's one of the top guys he's barely lost a match mm. um ex-AEW champion it was actually him that took the pin granted it took a lot to put him down which yeah. was still very good so he, he took a whole shit ton of um super BT triggers and oh, no, yes. even before that, the super kicks and then right. kicked, kicked out of, like, he got right back up again. Yeah, that was one. actually pretty cool. Uh, and then, then he got four BTE triggers in a row uh, to put him out. Um, Fantastically done. Yeah. Yeah. De- uh, definitely, definitely was. Um, but what's, what's next for Moxie and Kingston? Good brothers. Uh, true. Oh wait, no. Kazarian's after them too. Kazarian just not after everybody all the time. True, yeah. Kazarian's an angry, angry man who needs to take anger management. <laughs> but uh, ah, that's right, because the Good Brothers came out at one stage, and Kazarian just came literally. I think it looked like it came out of nowhere. He just came tearing out and started murdering Carl Anderson. I don't know what happened to Gallows. I think it was maybe Mox got a hold of him, but uh, the good brothers were taken care of, and then our young boy Brandon Cutler was getting involved. And... Oh, aye. <laughs> the, the sprays. Obviously, uh, yeah, there was plenty of cheating going on. Oh, aye. So obviously, Bucks retained the belts. Mm. Do a fair bit of slavering, and that was the end of another fantastic match. Although they, they just they, they laid. They do the heat stuff and they just lean into their criticism, like the, ah. the criticism that they get. Um, they've been doing that since AEW yeah, started, sure. Yeah, they've been doing that since they ah. have started. Like, well, maybe not since they started, but uh, yeah, that's the sort of shit they were doing, start doing when they're doing the indies in Japan. Is is just it's like yeah, there's certain people out there that don't like what you do. Just lean into it hmm. because there's enough people that love it. Um. So next we have the uh, Casino Battle Royale uh, for a shot at the AW Championship at some point down the road. Well, in two weeks now. Mm. Um, so it's like a Royal Rumble. Uh, we had one mystery entrant, uh, Big Show, or Paul Wright, came out to commentate because he's an expert in Battle Royales. Mm. He got they got one stole from him by the Rock once, remember? He won. <laughs> That's right. The rock, the rock cheated. Um, yeah, so loads of people in this match. Uh, 
21 altogether. To me, uh, there was three big stories in this match. Yeah, so... Uh, go ahead. Well, that you had the Matt Hardy story with his cronies. Yeah, so he was um, in there with Private Party and they were all helping him. Yep, yeah. just protect Matt. Uh, you obviously had the um, Christian uh, trying to basically survive the whole thing. Uh, Team Taz were... Well, it was yeah. only Hobbs. It was only Hobbs was in the match. Yeah. So that was the big thing. And then the last thing was obviously... I don't know. I wouldn't have called this, but obviously that was Jungle Boy was a big story because, Jesus, the reaction he got when he came yeah. out. So keep in mind, Jungle Boy last year almost won this. Yeah, true. He was second he came. Yeah, he came very, very close. And I think matches, I guess, are really, really good for the the underdog story. Um, mm. The uh, What did you think of the, the mystery agent? Um, nah, I don't. Leo Rush, I don't know anything about him. I haven't really seen seen him do much. I don't I know the name but I don't know much about him. Uh, he was he, he was he was on WWE but more in a speaking capacity. Um mm-hmm. it he's been with New Japan but not the main New Japan show. Like, mm. I haven't seen him on any shows that I watch. I think he's mostly doing the, the US stuff, the mm. New Japan Strong they do in California. Um but like when he got in, the the stuff he was doing was looked great. Like, like his, like a, a lot of sort of stuff, evasion stuff you'd never seen before. The way he'd be like yeah. sliding between people's legs and like just nipping around the ring, boys trying to hit him. I think it was Isaiah Cassidy. I was private party. He was sort of working with. It was very very cool because obviously them guys would be very good at that type of that style yeah. as well. So two two very good people to work with and showing off your ability. But then he, he went out really early and didn't really do anything. Yeah, it was so, he, well, he came in and no, no one went out after him. So he was in and he was the next person out after he came in. Uh, so hang on, I have, to, I have to ask. So obviously you were saying during the week that you had an idea. I don't know if this is the match you were talking about, but you were saying, I have a theory and you're going to lose your shit. Is this well, the match you were talking about? It wasn't specifically this match, but I thought something would have happened here and some, like, because they were saying about people showing up and it was just based on the, the I think it was Dustin Rose tweeting out about Daga and Tessa Blanchard Ooh. training with him. So I thought, well, like, um, what does that mean? So you were half expecting sure. not Daga, maybe Tessa to come out and go for the fucking big belt. Maybe either either one, either one of the two, or even show up at some other point. But mm. uh, we got somebody else. So we got Leo Rush and someone else. Oh, that's right. Yes. Um. Yeah. So this is this was a decent. Uh, Battle Royale matches. I the finish was fantastic. Yeah, so it went down to Christian and Jungle Boy. Uh, they did some really good. Oh Jesus, they're gonna fall ah. out. Can Jungle Boy do it? Like the part where he's he's doing like he has Christian on the apron and he kicks the one hand, he grabs the other one, then Christian sort of tries to throw him off and he grabs the ring post and sort of swing. Jungle that Boy grabs cool. the ring post, swings around the corner. Uh, that was that was excellent. Um. But Jesus, the crowd went nuts when he put Christian out. Mm-hmm. So what it? Jungle Boy and, or Marco and Luchasaurus coming out with a, to celebrate. 
um, Christian giving him the 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 pat on the back, and you you can basically do a bit of lip reading. Sam's like, you go fucking get the title now. This is your time. Um, and then he's gonna go and lose to Kenny. So, it's, but anyway, <laughs> it'll be a good match. It'll be a fantastic match. Like definitely, Jungle Boy versus Kenny Omega is something that I'm looking forward to seeing. Mm-hmm. Two weeks time, it's happening on Dynamite. So, mm-hmm. now we don't even have to wait that long. Yeah, yeah. Um, next up, we uh, Cody Rhodes versus Anthony now, An- Anthony Agogo in the uh, American Revolution two years song America versus England right. man bad. I I am going to sum up this match as best as I can. This was a great match, but sadly had a really stupid story behind it. Did I? The story should. So the first thing. Cody comes out looking like the fucking Homelander from the boys, and like, that is not the look you want to go for if you're trying to be a good guy. Nope. <laughs> there, I can't think of anything where someone's dressed in that manner because it was like straight up proper, like red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. Fucking. Uh, I say, like, look up Homelander, and you'll you'll have an idea. Yep. Um, and uh, so I. Good guys don't dress like that. What are you doing? I mean, as I say, Anthony Ogogo was really impressive. I thought he yep, put on yep. an absolute brilliant show. He obviously, uh, there was a bit of hype around him for a reason. He looked like he took it very naturally. Uh, he was selling, really. That was the thing that impressed me, was how well he was. Because obviously some people in their first match forget they have to pretend they're in pain and stuff. Yeah. But he looked that entire match. He looked like his legs were giving him trouble because obviously that's the thing Cody was going for. Yeah. But I thought he looked really good. But sadly, he just had a bit of a shit story to work with. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it, you, you knew it, it was bad. The crowd weren't even in there. Uh, in the ring, it was. It, it looked good. Like he, he mm-hmm. didn't didn't like it wasn't fucking classic or. No, like no, that. no. For a, um, for a guy's first match, I think he was... Oh, like, this is his first proper match. Like, mm-hmm. um, and he didn't embarrass him, himself. No. And, you know, there, was picked... that, there was a point where um, it was a great reversal. Cody was going for... Uh, I can't remember. He was going for something, and a go-go grabbed him, sort of threw him up slightly, but then put the sort of hand on the chest and came down with a powerbomb. It was really fucking cool. Well, not... I was more like... I was. It was like a blue thunderbomb type thing he did. It was fantastic. Mm. Looking. Yeah, and it was... He, imp- it was he didn't look like a guy in his first match out, but I hmm. I, re- I really think um, uh, the, like obviously in America it was Memorial Day weekend mm-hmm. where it's the whole that's like their version of you know uh, or, or like Remembrance Day. Ah, it's like their their November eleventh. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, it's. Like it was always gonna be that, yeah. The American dream went in against yeah. the the guy disrespecting the country. But I just think that taking taking any of the com- like current political climate mm-hmm. or anything like that, taking all that out of it, I just think that angle is so fucking antiquated and old. old. I think everyone's just done with it and just doesn't buy it and doesn't want to be bored. Yeah, that's it. That's a that's a Johnny a Johnny Cornetto story there. Uh, I bet he, he loved this. He probably loved that. Eh? <laughs> he probably because you know he's watching. Even oh, though he, even though he hates it. Ten stars he give it. 
What would he whinge about? <laughs> if, he, if he didn't watch Dollar in a Home, what would he whinge about? Exactly. Um, but yeah. sadly, a great match was ruined by a crap story. Yeah. Uh, next up, the TNT Championship match: uh, Miro oh. versus Lance Archer. Uh, this one starts out just fucking outside the ring brawling going yep. through tables getting yep. thr- thrown into the crowd and um you know well eventually gets it back in the ring it's just big two big fellas doing big fella stuff <laughs> the best way to describe it it's like Mero's <laughs> an animal he is a strong <laughs> son of a bitch eh? Like the like way was... some of the ways he he's he's lifting Archer and it just looks like it's not him to him and Archer, big fucker. Well, he's he must be near three hundred. He's up there. He's six eight, like so, and he's big chap. So, and Miro made it look effortless. Um, then we had uh, Jake get involved because we we saw earlier that uh, Miro just punched Jake. That was was that a win? <laughs> At, at the women's way in. That was the Aye, best thing. That's right. Sheena and Britt are doing their sort of way in thing and they're having their wee scuffle. And next thing Miro sort of takes this opportunity to run up and body shot Jake. So, so, so Jake comes out with a, with a, with a sack with a mm-hmm. quote-unquote snake in it. Mm-hmm. She didn't have a snake in it. But anyways, um, Miro just takes it off him and just fucks yeah. up the ramp. Doesn't get, like obviously the whole thing is people are meant to go. Oh my god, there's a snake in the bag. I'm so scared. But Miro's just like, nah, don't care. Get I am Miro. I will eat this snake. <laughs> so yeah, the first snake gets fired about thirty foot. Jake Roberts gets another body shot. Ah, uh, Miro just uh, takes no nonsense. Retains. Uh, that was a was a decent match. It definitely. was. Uh, um. I uh, ended with a not referee stoppage after Miro puts Archer in that new thing he's doing. The, the oh. it's like his camel clutch the accolade, but he actually he goes on his back and to mm. get more torque on it. Uh, next up, we had the AEW Women's Championship match for Hikaru Shida versus Doctor Britt Baker. Um, uh, Baker's real fucking hot right mm-hmm. now with the, with the crowd especially um but she did as well the crowd was sort of 50 50 in the cheer it was 50 50 you saw she when she was coming out just getting a wee bit overwhelmed with the emotional thing because it's her first uh, time actually being champion in front of a, a full crowd um yeah another like a really good aggressive match here um had a like really good at the start um really good at the end Something weird happened in the middle, mm. where I, I I don't know. Um, I, I saw I saw that like uh, the the part where uh, that Brit, was a nasty shot. Britt got knocked into the guardrail. Maybe she took a wee thing to the head. She um, went head first and it like so. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a bit of dizziness after it. Yeah, because there was a couple of times like, it's like when she was holding her on her shoulders and climbing up the the turnbuckle to do something. Um, uh, Baker just sort of slips off her, then she just does mm. the uh, superplex instead. Mm. Um, the 
Yeah, in, in the in the end, Chelsea well, we, comes around. Yeah, yeah, Start. yeah, yeah. She uh, it's it picks up towards the end again. I don't I don't think it took too much away from the match. It was still no, a no, really, no. really good match. Well, um, I I was down for a puss at this stage, but I would not leave the room because I was like, oh fuck, oh fuck. I I bet, <laughs> of all the matches where you're like, this could go either way. This this was the one, especially at the end. It was like the trading finishers, and she just got that Tamashi that she just like the knee that she just. Uh, you know, breaks out of nowhere. Um, mm. But Baker's kicking out of it. Um, eventually, Baker gets the the lockjaw in with her custom made glove for putting her fingers in your mouth. Um, Sheeta taps, so that's the end of her or over a year reign mm. as the AEW Women's Champion. Now, finally, Britt Baker is the champion. Mm. I think they'll keep her heel. Or t- I think they should keep her heel. Oh, definitely. She's definitely a better heel. Do you remember that time she came out? I can't remember what town she was in, but she came out and they were cheering for her, and she said something, and that whole crowd turned and went mental to the point where she couldn't even speak in the microphone. She couldn't hear herself. <laughs> they were booing that loudly, so she just dropped the mic and walked away. And you were like, "That's a job well done." Mm. I can't even remember what she said. It was something about. What burger or something like that or so I don't know, but this crowd just fucking turned out. It was amazing. Uh, I think I remember that. Too. Um, next we had the Sting Darby Allen versus Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, um, which was another decent match. Probably the thing that stands out the most for this is the fact that Sting actually wrestled and actually looked pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was telling you before this started, I was genuinely worried about Sting. I was like, oh, Jesus. And then when I seen him, when he was on that dive, fair play, the Skydy and Page, they... Oh, they made made sure they caught him. Oh, I. But it's not like he was sort of like, I've dived, oh, I'm going to lie here for five minutes, straight up again and off. Mm. He 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 looked really well. Aye, he was light on his feet. Um... Mm. I just uh, didn't didn't stink up in the place. <laughs> you know, nope. Didn't do a massive one, but he had his like couple of wee, wee spots, and then obviously he he like he got the pin, which yes. So I know I know you and Burnsy were a wee bit sort of. You just weren't annoyed, but you were like, oh come on. I was just like, that's the other guy in the sixties beating Sky. Yeah. I, I'm not a massive Sting fan. No, so no, I. I I'm not going to sit here and pretend it's the pretend that Sting deserves it and all the rest of it, but I am going to look at this from Sky and Page's view, and they're uh, like, oh, "Holy shit, we're wrestling our fucking hero, and he's going to beat us. This is class." And those guys are so good; I don't think it'll hurt them that much. Yeah, maybe not. But yeah, I, for for them too, this was probably a fucking dream come true. And that's how I'll... And you have to remember, I always forget as well that Sting was one of Cody's favorites. Yeah, yeah. So, and obviously Sting's last couple of televised, you know, on-screen matches, he never got a win. So, I don't know, maybe someone backstage was like, you know what, let's give him the fucking win he should have had six years ago. I don't think he's ever going to be doing a one-on-one match. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Um, Our next match then was the triple threat for the... AEW World Championship, Kenny Omega, Pac, Orange Cassidy. This was fucking great. This was unbelievable. A good match. Um, Big moves. Pac looking great. 
Orange Cassidy looking great. Kenny even looking great as well. Yeah. There's one at the one point where he kicks Pack into the corner, and it's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Pac just launched it's like from the us. middle of the ring, and he, ah, he like launches into the the corner. Fantastic. I I was saying Cassidy gets to do his wee sort of. He does his, his typical Cassidy stuff, but the point, the, the moment I loved more than the, I think the top moment for me was Pac landed an absolute monster of a move on Kenny, and Cassidy flies into the ring, throws Pac out, and goes for the pin. Mm. <laughs> it's like the, the uh, speed at which Cassidy did that was amazing. The story that they, they set up, though, is is like Cassidy had. On, on dynamite knocked them both out with the is uh, mm-hmm. orange punch and it's like yeah, you just just have to do that again and that can come out of nowhere and that's mm-hmm. kind of where the the story ended up at the end where he he, he gets the orange punch on on omega um goes to pin but omega just shoots him into a crucifix Aye. um and and that's the the one two three um but yeah this is a great match they made really good use of of having the the three guys in the ring there was mm. some pretty good stuff where like you know you'd be you know pack would go to do something in kenny and kenny would pull orange cassidy into the way and then <laughs> then run the other way and it's like uh, some some really good stuff there um yep that, that you don't normally see in triple threats because a lot of times what you'll get is one guy will lie down outside for a wee rest mm-hmm. with two guys and then just take turns but i definitely some really good good stuff there there was there was moments towards the end as well it's like orange hitting his beach break and that and um pack had the brutalizer on kenny uh Ah, for for ages and um no i had it on cassidy Cassidy. uh, uh, kenny couldn't get him to break the hold he's kicking him in the head and all so he hits the referee instead Uh, there there was like genuine moments where you're like oh shit like it's it's gonna happen he's he's the title's going to change, and as I always say, that's that's a sign of a good match. If yep. you can be like, oh, like Kenny won this is always a sure thing, but the, there was moments in that match where you're like, you weren't too sure. The the when Pack had that brutalizer and Kenny kicked him, and he just looked at him, I was like, shit, what, how are they gonna how are they gonna get around it? And then at one point, Kenny's literally trying to pull him off, uh, and Pack still let like, go, and I was like, what the fuck are they gonna do here? And he just wailed the ref. <laughs> Of course, I bust out laughing because I love mad heel shit like that. But it's wee genius things like that. I think are so good. Yeah, that's one way to do it. And then, of course, the shenanigans at the end got mental. Yeah. <laughs> but again, that's how you put Kenny across as an absolute scumbag heel. He just yeah. wheeled Pack with oh, every that's, single that's right. belt. So he, he has four title belts and he used the ball to hit Pack. <laughs> And then after he does it, Cassidy comes in and nearly punts him. <laughs> Alright, that that was the finish then the, the orange punch and then the, the crucifix. Mm. Um on our last match in, uh we had the second stadium stampede with the inner circle taking on the pinnacle. Um what do you think of inner circle's entrance here? The rappel down cool. the scoreboard with their logo on it. <laughs> that was pretty cool. I don't know if it was as good as last year's entrance, so I thought last year's entrance yeah. was unbelievable. I, I think the last year's match was probably like uh, it's gonna be hard to do the first time. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, and I, I think they they had just the the spots in last year's were just a bit more 
I think uh, obviously you have two different teams. Well, not two different teams. You have a very different team with the Pinnacle, though, who yeah. wouldn't be high flying like the Elite. So I could, it made sense with, with the two teams you had. There were some pretty cool things in it. Like, uh, I love the yeah. whole Jericho MJF going through the offices thing, and then there was the big cardboard cutout of Shahid Khan and all. Yeah. Is that so he trouble? <laughs> MJF hits it a slap and then Jericho's like, you're in trouble. <laughs> uh, that was pretty good. Um, I enjoyed the club scene with FTR I, and I Santana think, I, I think that was my favourite part of it all. Aye. So, like, it was very reminiscent of the, the Hangman Hager part in the previous yes. one with the bar fight. So everything else was everyone <clears throat> sort of pairing off with someone, uh, Jericho, MJF, uh, Spears and Guevara. And then uh, Hager and, and Warlow. So and they all did their fighting backstage. There wasn't anything too special about this, but the, this <laughs> this club fight, which made no sense, but like Tolly Blanchard wearing the same thing FTR with a cut off t shirt and all and the fucking scarf around the neck. He looks fucking <laughs> ridiculous. But they start with, they, they all go to a table, drinks, fucking pin the drinks. <laughs> And they're, but on their way to there, they're they're like killing everyone in the club for no reason. And then, as then you said, just... it was like something out of Streets of Rage. Uh, and then they start fighting, and then Tolly Blanchard goes to get involved, and then his fucking Conan's there. He was a DJ, and he Aye, puts cause... on some music, and then <laughs> that was good shit. Look at Ortiz is on. Hey, DJ, give us a beat. <laughs> fucking, there's Conan just okay. Yes, I like amazing. It's fucking LAX. <laughs> um, uh, so for the you know what though for the guys that were doing their, their promos, going this isn't going to be a comedy skit and all this here, they had the more the most entertaining bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely in this one as well. It's like it actually ended there live that night. Suppose with the full crowd. Yeah, you should have had to do that. Though. So, like, everyone sort of makes their way into the arena at, at some point. Um, and then we get the, the finish with uh, Sammy Guevara and Spears in, in the ring. Um, Spears doing some nasty-looking chair shots, but... Yeah. Um, Do you know, actually, very quickly, going back, uh, though, when Spears and Sammy first met each other, there was a very cool choreographed chair fight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was pretty that, cool. That, that was in the room full of chairs. Um, yes. And throwing the chairs, Sammy launching off a chair and all that. That was pretty cool as well. Eh? Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the, the finish good because a um, couple of... Well, it was a good while ago. On, no, it was when the Pinnacle first debuted. Yep. Um, yep. Spears did the thing where holding Sammy by his arms, behind his back, and then kicking him into a chair. Uh, Sammy did that, followed up by a 6.30 cent on... And he, Sammy gets the win for Inner Circle, which I don't think we really saw coming. Um, no, none of us saw that coming. It's good to see like Sammy being the guy to get the win. Aye. Um, but I uh, crowd were loving Sammy getting the pin as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, I don't think any of us saw that coming. And I know some people go, "Oh, that hurts or that weakens or blah blah blah." I like it when shit I don't expect happens because you yeah. go, "Fuck." Well, we have to see what what happens next time on on Dynamite, not to really mm. tell. You you can't judge it by what just happened then. It's like you're trying to, you know, tell the future, and that's not mm. possible. But yeah, maybe not as not as good as the first one, and maybe that's impossible because the first one is the first one you've never seen anything like that before. 
No. And the first um, one was very comedic. Yeah. And I think that's why you enjoy the first one, because you aren't half laughing. Yeah. Like, it's all the in-wrestling jokes and all the sort of references to the, the other wrestlers' pasts and things like that. They weren't afraid to take the piss out of themselves, where this one they tried to treat more like an actual match. Very entertaining <laughs> match, but just not the same entertainment level that you had in Stadium Stampede 1. Yeah. No, well, that was Double or Nothing. Um, very good show. I absolutely loved it. <clears throat> and uh, that's our podcast. Ah, that's a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> we we need a way to end these, man. We always end up just tripping over ourselves. <laughs> podcast is over now. <laughs> Get out. Go away. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Well, they, maybe they are home. They probably can stay wherever the hell they are. But. Yeah, true. Okay. I won't tell you what to do. You make up your own damn mind. Well, thanks everyone for listening. And we'll probably be back next week. I'm not making any promises. Who knows? Yep. Go play Bomberman. It's class. Bye. <laughs>